listening to the Back Row Rewind, a condensed show featuring just the main segments of the week's Back Row morning shows. Rise and shine, nerds. You're tuned in to the Back Row Morning Show, proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. We're caffeine-fueled and ready to talk your ears off. This week on the show, we're going to talk about raising nerdy kids and our... Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I wrote, wrote this weird. Uh, uh, Just going to start that part over. This week on the show, we're going to talk about raising nerdy kids and how our world is growing ever nerdier. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open up them. Fresh and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on. The coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. We're going to move into our main topic for the week by starting with a kickoff discussion uh, with our Discord and uh, some of the we got. Well, we got we got Lark in the Discord with us right now. Hey, it's been a while. And. Uh, we might have a few more jump in, maybe not, but that's okay. We've also got a few people that have answered in our Discord uh, before the show uh, the questions that we're going to be talking about today. And specifically, we're talking about kids, um, which uh, I know Lark has none of. Uh, but specifically, it's. But she is a kid. <laughs> specifically, the experience of raising nerdy kids. And by nerdy, we mean it in the way that Love Thy Nerd means it. Those who are part of the fandom of pretty much any kind, uh, sports fanatics, counts as nerds, you know, anything of that nature as well. Uh, people who join a group of fans and build a community around it. That's essentially it. Uh, and today we want to talk about the struggles of connecting. The questions for today are for the parents out there. What are some nerdy things your kids are into that your parents just don't get? And uh, for all of us, what are some nerdy things that we were into as kids that your parents couldn't connect with you over? Uh, so we'll start with that latter one, Lark, since you're here. Hi. Hello. How are you today? Uh, it's morning. <laughs> and you have a cat uh, holding uh, you hostage. Not my cat. I'm watching the cat currently. Right. But a cat that's holding you hostage at the moment. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's a sweetie pie. And I just hugged him and he didn't like it. <laughs> yep, that's cats for you. That is a cat. Fickle beings. <laughs> He's a sweetie pie. I just hugged him and he didn't like. <laughs> He's a sweetie pie. He hates all affection. <laughs> oh, he likes affection. He just doesn't like hugs or being picked up. He likes affection. He just doesn't like hugs, kisses, or being pet. <laughs> well, he's currently um, mis- like um, doing beans against, uh, not beans, uh, making biscuits on my legs. So, oh, kneading. Yes. Oh, I thought we were talking about pooping. Making biscuits is like, <laughs> like how you like need biscuit dough. Got it. Totally get it now. Totally understand now that Mo has, has explained it to me. But that is not what my mind went to at first. First, well, first you said making beans, and so that well, immediately I mean, popped into like. I did like, have to clean up after him this morning. But it was it was not the poop end anyway. <laughs> Yay! So, Lark, uh, like we established, you are you are not yet a parent. Um, but what were some nerdy things that you were into uh, that your parents could not connect with you over? 
Well, the most recent example is actually LTN Con, and I'm calling my dad out, and he will be fine if he hears this. He, he'll, he'll, he'll recover. Um, he'll recover. So he was listening to the LTN Twitch and kept had to whisper me a few times, like, wait, why is this audio bit not working and stuff? Like, my dad works in IT. Gotcha. Um, and, like, he's been playing MMOs for, well, he used to, he doesn't anymore. He's been playing D&D since the 1980s. Um, he's been doing a lot of this stuff since, like, I was a toddler and a lot since before I was born. And he was like, yeah, how do I do this Twitch thing? What are these um, Squilla they're talking about? Because that's what LTN calls their channel points. And I just like, and like, meanwhile, I wrote an article on how Twitch works for LTN. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'll explain this for you. Like, this is not something you deal with as much. This is not something you have as much interaction with. And like, now um, I... The the nerd circles I'm in and the nerd circles my dad is in, they do have the hilarious amount of overlap. And sometimes people look at me and it takes them a while to realize that there's only so many people of my last name. And I am, in fact, my father's daughter. But <laughs> the other times when they don't realize that and it's a it's an odd situation when I'm being a second generation nerd when like my dad is edited board game and role playing games, um, like board game manuals, role playing books. He's even done indexes for a few. Yeah. Um. And pe- so people know his name through that. Sometimes they're like, wait, you here too? I was like, hey, uh, it's it's just me here. And it's not me and my dad. It's just me. Hi. Um, but like, let's see, what else am I getting into that my dad's not? Um, I play Animal Crossing. My dad doesn't have a Switch. He has a PlayStation 4. Uh, my dad doesn't have a Switch. He like kind of, he understands like what Animal Crossing is. Like he could play it well, probably. But he doesn't quite get what people would choose to play like that why? kind of game as much <laughs> yeah. because he tends to go more for games that like have set goals and stuff animal crossing is just me vibing in a corner making things pretty <laughs> but yeah moving a couch it, over here moving a couch over there yeah. also like i my dad's on discord now nowhere near as much as i am i, I do not have a problem i am fine everything is fine um <laughs> And, like, I do a lot of text place role play stuff. My dad's tried that, but he doesn't really like it as much. Um, I get a lot more into, um, like, engaging online versus in person. My dad does a lot more of in-person stuff. Mm. So it's it's more of just as a slowly drifting into different directions. And, like, my dad can like play through like portal or like play a puzzle game with my uncles and have a great time. Well, I'm just like, that looks fun. I'm going to go over here and play dungeons and dragons with my friends, which my dad does also play, but we also play that in different ways. Sometimes, um, like my dad learned on first and second edition. I mostly play fifth. I'm attempting pathfinder right now. It's going. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> So quite a lot. So both of y'all are nerds, but just in different directions, uh, which is not bad. Um, I mean, it's it's absolutely fine. I mean, then my twin sister is a nerd in another different direction as she's off being a chemistry teacher. Who? And like running a D&D club at her school. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. So we got Oriel here. Oriel said, my daughter, who is almost 13, loves to paint. And she is so nerdy about it, yet I don't have a lick of artistic talent. Uh, she's also nerdy about horses, and I don't know anything about horses. 
my son, who is 11, recently became very nerdy about baseball, specifically Orioles, which I do understand. But it's just uh, it just came out of nowhere, so it took him by surprise. He's also very nerdy about Minecraft, which I don't get, and coding, which I don't have much of an understanding. Yeah, like my son got heavily into the like the two areas of popular nerddom uh, that I never touched, and that was Pokemon and Minecraft. Yeah. Like he is all in on both of those. Oh, I get that. I first, <laughs> I, I have a Minecraft account now, but like I started having Minecraft playing Minecraft occasionally, not often. And I even set up my account on Steam because of my fiance, not because of my dad. Yeah, I mean, I I've opened Minecraft two or three times and I'm like, gosh, to to accomplish anything like my son has accomplished, I'm, I'm, I need so much more free time. Oh, I've made it to the end <laughs> once and I was being seriously helped by a lot of friends. I'm not yeah. like the most skilled at Minecraft. I will build things and be happy about it, but I play on peaceful or in creative. I'm not the person who's going to go off and attempt to like conquer the world. <laughs> the, most of those words probably made no sense to me. No, I get it. I get. It. Like I was there when we defeated the Ender Dragon. I was doing squad. I kept dying and having to respawn. But <laughs> thankfully, we put some beds by the Ender Portal. End yeah. Portal. But yeah. Um. So I know that uh, Mo doesn't connect with her son over a lot of things. Uh, that's not specifically true. anime. She doesn't understand anime. Anime. That's she the- doesn't understand. Uh, FNAF whatsoever. I don't know. Uh, um, she's not, Topher she's not big into you. Pokemon at all. Um, collecting. She doesn't really collect much. She, she started getting a few of those pops, but she doesn't really collect anything. He sent this pops to you. What are you talking about? He is a liar. <laughs> I know that this is a weird hill to die on, but I will die on this hill. He upsets me that he thinks that I don't collect anything. I don't collect anything because they don't buy me the things that I want to collect. That's why do I don't collect. collect and I have an entire wall of crosses. An entire wall in my home of crosses. But I don't collect anything. Yeah, Topher sent me all. <laughs> Good grief. He can kick rock. <laughs> I don't understand a lot of the things that he is into, but I do at least attempt to. I understand. Putting your cat tail in my face, comforting for you. I understand FNAF. Um, I just don't like it because I'm, I'm not a fan of the those thriller type uh, video games. Oh, yeah. The jump scares and whatnot. Well, like, I'm uh, way too easily terrified to ever yeah. play a horror game. Yeah. I can't even like I've done a few sessions of Call of Cthulhu because a friend of mine, I'm Toothless and Among Us crew, mm-hmm. um, Toothless and her husband um, both DM Call of Cthulhu. And I've done a couple one shots, one by her husband. He's actually my 5e DM right now. I, I, I can't do it. But has like a one shot because my threshold for that I can handle for horror is so low. That I'm just like, I, I can't because if I join, you guys are going to have to tone it down so much. That's not fair to everyone else. That's why I can't do like Five Nights at Freddy's. I just, and that's I can't the thing. It. It's yeah. not that I don't I had understand to walk out it. The room when my family was trying to watch Alien because the chest burst was seen with just a big nope. <laughs> so what we say, Mo? It's not that I don't understand it. It is simply that I 
once you see something, you can't unsee it. Right. I don't want to. Yeah, I want to protect my heart <laughs> and I want to be able to sleep at night. Yeah. That I understand the fact that it's going to terrify me to no end. Therefore, I don't need to see it. And I, I just worry that, you know, my child's seeing things that he doesn't need to see. He has he said earlier in the chat that he doesn't wake up to alarms because he wakes up before alarms because he has alarm anxiety. Guess what? He probably has alarm anxiety from all of the jump scares that he's watched and dealt with. Oh, I have alarm anxiety and it's not from jump scares. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anime. Anime is the one thing I don't understand that my kid is into. I don't understand anime, I'm not and I try. Much of an anime yeah. person. I understand that people love it. I just, I'm just bad at getting into anything TV in general, whether it's anime or not. So, and I'm sure ask there's... my friends about all the TV shows they try to get me to watch that I have to stop partway through just because like, I'm very bad at watching TV. <laughs> I'm sure there are some anime storylines or something out there that I would enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I've just never come across them. I've experienced a few different anime shows or movies in the past, and they're just all. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure. I, I guess there's an audience for this, but I'm not it. Right. I'm just sitting here looking over at my shelves of my bookshelves, and I'm like, this is this is my place. Yeah. You're heavy in the books. My books and with my switch and my laptop <laughs> and my friends. Yeah. My place is not necessarily with like some horror games or <laughs> some TV shows, but right. you know what? That's fine. I have friends who like things I don't, and I'm used to that. And yeah. I can bond with them still over things. And none of this is to uh, like condemn or, or anything anybody playing anything different uh well no my son my son was just trying to condemn me that's all that, that was that's when it turned into a oh your son just does that that's when it turned into a finger pointing <laughs> kind of thing whatever he doesn't even know his mom she doesn't collect anything. <laughs> Whatever. I beg to differ. There is a cat on my bed right now, and he is sniffing my sock intently, and I'm so confused. All right. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this Discord discussion. Thanks, uh, Lark. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, this week, we were talking about raising nerdy kids. And uh, today, we want to talk about introducing our kids to nerdiness and how that idea is much different from when we were kids. And this stuff was kind of seen as uh, almost a weakness, mm -hmm. right? So was there, were, were there things that your parents were nerdy over when you were a kid that you remember? Yeah. So I, as I'm thinking about my childhood, I, I don't ever feel like there was a time where my parents were, anti-video games or like I grew up watching Star Trek because my dad watched Star Trek. Um, I can remember my dad and I've talked about this several times. My parents were the youth leaders up until I became a youth and then they stepped down. They're like, but no, thank you. <laughs> I'm thankful that they did that. I really am. They, they had, they were wise enough to know me going into youth. Probably I needed someone else to be my youth leader to confide yeah, in. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but I can remember the, all of the youth guys coming over with their big old computers mm -hmm. and setting up on the dining room table and they would all play. Have a LAN party. Uh-huh. 
They would all play games around the dining room table, like take up an entire Saturday. <laughs> um, my dad, which my dad is whenever I talk about my dad, I talk, I'm referencing my stepdad and my stepdad is Italian. And so he would make these like have this huge pizza day where he would just make all the dough, make 25, 30 pizzas and all the guys, the youth guys would be over and they just have play games and eat pizza all day long. That would be <laughs> a typical Saturday in my house growing up. I talked about how we had a Nintendo 64 and I would come home from school and my mom would have spent the entire oh, day right. playing Mario. Your mom had her own things. Uh -huh. like, you better not touch this or yep. I'll kill you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's, I, I don't know, growing yeah. up. It definitely was not frowned upon in my house to be nerdy in one one form or fashion. My brother was a band geek and my dad loved that. That was something that my brother connected to my dad's dad yeah. about, you know. And so, yeah, there was just a lot of things. I was a theater nerd and my parents thought that, that was super cool. Went to all of the, the plays and the shows that we did. And yeah, it it was not something frowned upon in my home growing up. So my, my parents, I think were a little bit older than yours. Mm -hmm. um, but I can tell you right now, I have no idea if either of my parents enjoyed anything to the point where they consider themselves like a part of that kind of fandom ever. In really? Their life. Um, I know my dad liked Westerns, but not, like to the point where he had any sort of Western memorabilia or went out of his way to like introduce it Westerns to anybody in the family or, you know, share about it or talk about it. He just, that was the kind of movie that he would typically watch if it was on yeah, like Turner classic movies or something. They'd be like, Oh, okay. I remember this one. And he'd sit there and watch this. But like, I don't remember him having any kind of like, super fan feelings about anything. He was also a fan of sports, but not in a way where he ever had any kind of sports memorabilia or any kind of like, I don't think he ever had like a team yeah, you know, that he was always going for. Just like, I enjoy football. Yeah. You know? And so he would just watch football. Like it wasn't <sighs> maybe 007, I think is the only thing I can think of that he ever told me that he enjoyed uh, to the point where I like bought him a couple DVDs. I'm like, Hey, yeah. Like he was excited about it. Yeah. That's I think the only thing. And that's just barely. Yeah. <clears throat> and I really do believe it's because my dad kind of grew up thinking that any kind of non work and non family related enthusiasm was almost anti manhood. Like it was like you as a man, you're supposed to focus on work. You're supposed to focus on family and you don't have eyes for anything else. You don't put your attention or your focus on anything else, which I can see coming from a, a good place. But I also kind of think that's why he was miserable all the time. <laughs> he didn't have anything fun to relax to, to yeah. relax with. You yeah. know, he didn't have anything to take a break from reality with. Yeah. Like my dad has been in radio his whole life. He doesn't care. He never cared about music. He wasn't even like a music nerd. He didn't listen to any of the music that was on the radio station or anything. He was focused on the business. Yeah. And like, I, I don't, 
I can't really point to anything that my dad loved uh, that, you know, that he was a fan of nerdy wise. So we didn't really connect. He never played video games or anything like that. He didn't, neither of my parents would ever play any games with me. Like they, at the point that I was uh, alive, they were over yeah. any kind of childish pursuits as they would see them. Uh, and so if I wanted to play with somebody, I'd be playing with a friend, like right. bringing friends over. Uh, but mostly I'd be playing by myself. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily think that. Again, I mean, let me be clear. I'm not condemning them for this or any anything. This was just you know how they were raised and how they lived their life. But it's just weird hearing stories from, you know, other people in my life, my whole life about their parents being into this or that, or this or that, or, uh, any, having any kind of like passion towards any kind of, um, fandom or genre or, you know, sport or anything like that. It was weird to me because I've never experienced that from an adult, from Mm -hmm. a parent. And so as I am now entering entering now that I am in fatherhood here, but I'm entering the level where my kids are growing up and having their own kind of fandoms. Yeah. Like I'm trying (laughs) with, with uh, certain things, but like KY said here in chat, she says it's really hard to gauge when it's appropriate to introduce certain things to the kids. Cause a lot of like the movies we remember fondly from childhood were edited for TV and we didn't realize, and we've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the movies that I watched as a kid that were adult movies that I enjoyed, not adult movies, but you know what I mean, <laughs> BG-13 movies that I enjoyed were taped yeah. off of the TV. And so they had all the cuss words and what edited out. Mm-hmm. So you watch them again as an adult, like, oh, gosh, there was this whole <laughs> inappropriate lovemaking scene that wasn't on the TV version. Yeah. <laughs> they skipped over that. And you're absolutely right. Like we've been talking about introducing my son, my oldest son, to some of the Marvel movies, even the Marvel movies, I think. Eternals made a big deal because it was like the first Marvel movie to have a bedroom scene mm-hmm. in it. And so you're thinking, yeah, that'd be great. But I've been watching through them again. Like there's so many S words <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> like I can't, I, so many S words and a words in this movie. I'm like, man, I really need to get my son to a place that I can be clear with him that, Hey, you're going to hear these movies, but you're not allowed to say these words Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure we're there yet. So I'm going to wait a couple more years before I introduce them to him. Yeah. Um, word salad, a lot of word salad. I just spilled out there. Do you have thoughts (laughs) (laughs) while I gather mine? I uh, no, because now I feel, (laughs) feel tossed in a bowl. Let's go back to the anti-manhood, anti-womanhood thing. Like, I guess you never felt that with your parents. Like they never, that that having kind of a fandom mindset or even just enjoying video. And even as you were talking about your dad, because your parents are a little closer in age to not, not exactly, but a little closer in age to my grandparents. Right. So thinking about my grandparents and thinking specifically about my grandfathers, they were both had fandoms if you will yeah my mom's dad was very much into westerns Mm. very very much into westerns anytime i would go over and he's sitting watching television which really it wasn't that often that he would be sitting watching television but if he was that was what was on the tv um and he was it would be one that he's seen over and over and over again 
hundreds of times. He knows every aspect of it. Right. But then he also knows every weird kind of obscure fact about the actors. And he could just talk for hours about whatever show or movie or episode of a show that he was watching within that genre, which was not fun for me, but I just sat there and nodded. Um, And then my dad's dad collected coins. Mm. He had huge stacks of just um, like in the, in the plastic. Yeah. yeah. Like a little, it's like a little cardboard square with plastic viewing window on either side no that's what it's like a plastic rectangular uh protect like hard plastic rectangular okay so covering thing all out yeah that inside it had like the insert the the green felt or blue felt insert that you put each coin from that year Mm. in and then and you could see both sides you could see the front of the coin and the back of the coin but just hundreds of stacks of these plastic wow rectangles. So yeah. And then my dad's mom was a huge board gamer and puzzle. Uh-huh. She had an entire room dedicated to like it was wall to wall shelves and just every game that you can think of, every wow. board game you could think of, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of puzzles. Also movies. Now that I'm thinking back, she had an entire closet that was just movies. You walked in and it was of course, it was VHS back then. But, sure, but yeah. Uh huh. Just floor to ceiling VHS. Mm-hmm. Laser disc. It was, <laughs> yeah. So I think I don't know. I don't know past that generation. Past but still, that's yeah. That's that's three generations, right there. Uh, all fine with it. Yeah, my grandparents. No, mm. no, nothing. Hard work. That's what they want. Hard work. Uh, yeah. If you were. If you were busy playing, you had time to get something productive done instead. Like mm-hmm. that was their mindset. And so it's, it's so it was even, even joining love thy nerd. It's still something that I, I have a little voice in the back of my head saying, but you could be doing something productive right now. But it is productive. <laughs> right. And that's, that's something that you almost have to learn is that, yeah, this there, there's actually quite a bit of, productivity to enjoying your fandoms and connecting with other people over there. Uh-huh. Uh, and we'll talk about that. There's actually an article to that degree uh, later that we'll talk about. We probably won't read the actual article, but we'll, we'll mention it. Um, so I would, I would postulate that adults who embrace nerdiness, embrace their fandoms tend to be more fun just as people. And I postulate that based on my own experience with my parents and grandparents. Yeah. I do not consider any of them fun people because <laughs> it fair. doesn't stretch out. Like there are times that we laugh and times that we've had, you know, but it's always about sharing funny stories you know, about the family, but we never get to share, like get excited about things that we love and talk about yeah. you know, anything like that. They don't want to, I think, we play um, uh, Blackout and uh, Gin Rummy, you know, every now and then. And while that is fun, it's fun only for a brief period of time and only a couple times every year. Yeah. You know, it's not a, it's not a, 
weekly D and D campaign you want to go back to or something like that. It's like, that's, that's about as, it's about as gaming and about as nerdy as my family ever got. And so it's, <laughs> it's difficult to think of times where I ever had fun with my family, like genuine fun that it was based around my family and things that they loved. The only fun things I remember is when we went outside of the family to like theme parks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's mostly because they sent me out on my own to go do whatever I wanted. Yeah. You know, and that's a sad thing for me to kind of realize as we're talking about right here, but like there was never anything for us to connect over because it almost, it felt like they didn't love anything. They didn't enjoy anything. And if they did, they kept it to themselves. Yeah. And I think that's kind of heartbreaking to realize. <laughs> like, because maybe they were into something. Maybe they were fans of something. But they just never shared it with me. Mm -hmm. Never attempted to share it with me. Because mm -hmm. even growing up, trying to like, when I buy gifts for Christmas, it's usually something based on a fandom that they enjoy. Right. Right. That's usually where I go. Uh, birthday gift. I got you this time. Friend stuff. Uh -huh. Fun stuff. Uh, stuff. I know you're going to like, because I know you're a fan of friends. Right. You know, there's, there's no, no, uh, guesswork involved. Yeah. Christmas buying for my family. Here's pictures of my kids. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know what you like. And you yeah. won't tell me. I'll ask you. And I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so in that way, I think Chris's parents are a lot like your parents where yeah. that's what we always had to buy them for Christmas were like framed pictures of the kids because I didn't know they never shared like yeah. what interested them. Yeah. What enthused them, you know, mm -hmm. was there, has there been anything, um, that you got excited about that you introduced your parents to that they embraced? Like, did you ever bring anything to, I'm thinking, to your parents I'm in your thinking, whole life, even as an adult? And you're like, hey, you should check this out. And they're like, I love this. And they become a fan. I don't, I really don't think so. No. I remember as a kid, um, I, I was really into Power Rangers. And... They started airing one episode of Power Rangers and one episode of, I think, VR Troopers, which was another Power Ranger-esque show. Um, or it might have been Beetleborgs. One of those two. Anyway, uh, they started airing one like right before school, my time. So it would come in at like 7.30. And so we'd have enough time to watch that episode of Power Rangers before we went to school. And... Uh, DJ Shane in the chat is excited about VR Troopers. <laughs> um, and I remember I would, I would want to watch that. And eventually my mom was like, uh, I guess I'll sit here and watch it with you. So she would get up earlier to watch it with me. And it might've just been to spend time with me, but like, she would also like ask questions yeah. about like, who, uh, like, haven't we seen that person before that villain before? Or whatever? Yeah. And we like, she would get into the story about it. And I think she started genuinely enjoying watching that show with me. Yeah. And I really remember loving that. Uh huh. Uh, and sharing those. Uh, we did it for like a couple of years, uh, as long as they were showing that at that uh, time. 
And uh, like, I enjoyed that. Like, it wasn't like she got super excited about Power Rangers in her own life, you know, outside of it. But the fact that she was willing to sit down with me and not just like watch me watch it, but engage with it and talk to me about it. That was a big deal. Yeah. Like, that was a real big deal for me. Yeah. My mom and I are so similar, though, that anything that we're I am into, she's already into. And it's the same for me. Like, I'll I, specifically with the Purge movies. I can remember telling her, hey, have you seen this? And she's like, yes, I love it. And I'm like, I know it's great. So that's Damn. how that's how it happens with my yeah. mom and I. I would a love lot. I would love to have had that kind of connection. Well, and then reality television, the whole reason that I am I love like Survivor, Amazing Race, Big mm -hmm. Brother. That's because of my dad. Like I can remember Thursday nights is when Survivor would come on, but we had our midweek service at church on Thursday nights. And so if it was Survivor time, if it was Survivor season, we had to be out of the church no later <laughs> than 830 so that we could be so home at it. nine o'clock to watch Survivor. Yeah. So yeah. I talked I talked about uh, Power Rangers and my mom watching that as a kid. The only other time that we've ever sat and watched a show regularly was that first season of big brother. Yeah. First season of big brother. I think it was in eighth or ninth grade, whenever mm -hmm. it was. And it was like that. We would, and that was the time that they did it like every day. Right. Didn't they do that in the first season of big brother? Like every day there was like a half hour show or something or a full hour. I don't think it was every day. It's still three it times was, a week. Okay. Three times a week. Okay. Yeah, so it's still, they still, still they, do that. Uh -huh. Okay. I didn't yeah. know they still did that. So yeah, multiple times a week. And so we were doing that every, every time it was on, we were yep. sitting there watching it and both heavily into that first season. Yep. And that was, that was neat too, connecting yeah. with her over that. Cause she was big into, and still is big into those reality shows. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm not as big into them. Um, and I never liked any other season of Big Brother, but that first season was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that's that's what this whole first topic has been about. Just me lamenting the fact that I didn't get to connect with my parents. It's a therapy <laughs> session for me. So I talked about last time I talked about there was an article um, that we were going to talk about. And I didn't actually like I don't have the article in front of me. Okay. I don't remember the whole thing, but I do remember it being about how things have changed just in the past 10 years about how kids grow up to be happy, how geeky kids specifically grow up to be happy adults. Mm -hmm. And in 2010, when the first kind of version of this article came out, it was saying that geeky kids needed to, um, to stretch their uh, comfort level to, step out of their geekiness a little bit and make friends with the normal people in school or normal people in the world. And that has proven that it'll make them a little happier. Mm -hmm. They can still have their fandoms, still have, you know, whatever they love, but they also need to just kind of be a little bit more extroverted and talk to the normies. Right. <laughs> and that's how they've been more happy. But since then, in that time, it has switched to being, now you need now geeky kids find uh, that they become more happy adults when they embrace that geekiness mm -hmm. and find other people, other adults mm -hmm. who also embrace that same kind of fandom. Yeah. And so I think largely this has been driven by online 
as we have moved more and more of our communities online. Um, and it's something that you've talked about a lot, like with Topher, mm-hmm. with Love Thy Nerd, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That, and that's actually, I think that's the phrase that you've used is find his people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing that more and more uh, because there's <sighs> growing up, we had, we were pretty much limited to the people around us. Right. Even when we were online, it was still mostly people we knew in person that we were talking to. And if it wasn't, it was like in a chat room with somebody that you'd never really connect with anywhere else other than that chat room. And it was uh, too uh, frightening to like give out your real personal details. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But that has largely changed, especially as you grow up. But even just on the Internet in general, that has largely changed to these are genuine interactions with genuine people. But we're opened up to like the whole world now Mm -hmm. of anybody. So we're finding large groups and Facebook groups and discords and all that of people that like the exact things that we like Mm -hmm. and able to connect with them. Uh, We're also seeing that schools are becoming safer and safer places to be nerdy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, with our, with our school in general, again, back to Topher is, you know, our school, uh, high school here in town has started a esports team right in the last couple of years. And it's been wildly popular and wildly successful. Yeah. They're two time champs, right? Two time chase champs or just one time state champs? Just one time. Okay. State but champs. still yeah. for it to be like the second or third year that it has existed uh-huh. and already to be state champ level. Mm-hmm. That's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, they get, I mean, yeah, you'll get, you've gotten, you've seen, sorry, I'm sorry. This is a spontaneous thing that just popped in my head. You saw comments uh-huh. from other adults. From other adults, yes. On Facebook, they're like, really? Yeah. Esports, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Really? And you still have the uh, population of kids that are, they're, they're thinking exactly the same way. And... <laughs> Here's the thing. You can't say, yeah, well, it starts at home or, yeah, well, it's parenting influence because um, one of those people is my other child who is like, <laughs> really? really? Esports? Come on. <laughs> you're just playing video games. Um, but you're going to have that diverse opinion. Yeah. I don't think that that's ever going to fully go away. Sure. But what is happening, I think, as our community, our personal community is able to grow and be a little bit more widespread than what it was when we were in high school. Um, the kids who seem to be outsiders, quote unquote, are no longer outsiders because they find their community. They find a group of people where they are similar. They are alike. And so they don't feel like loners. They walk into the world with this confidence that they have because they know that they're they're not alone. They're not um, odd or weird or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, so they can walk into a public setting where they may be one of the few, but they're walking in already with this confidence about themselves that, OK, you can think what you want to think about me, but I've got a hundred other people who think I'm great and we hang and chill on the regular, mm-hmm. you know. I don't need your opinion when I've got a hundred others who think differently. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
that I think that that is the main difference in the generations from when we were high school, when we were in high school. And now that my kids are in high school is that online has opened up a whole different community, which has brought about a whole different confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Now in high school, I, I, I feel like, I feel like getting up to high school, I was very reserved with my fandoms and nerdiness and things that I liked. Like I mostly kept it to myself, except with a few close friends. And in high school, though, I felt like I went the opposite way. I'm like, hey, I like what I like and I'm going to put it everywhere (laughs) for you to see it. So I was, you know, wearing all the nerdy t-shirts and stuff which i still do to this day you know putting junk all over my backpack mm-hmm. you know and quoting every movie and tv show and video game mm-hmm. a lot of homestar runner back then did a lot of homestar runner quotes all the time like that became part of my identity in high school which uh was i guess my way of rebelling like everyone goes through a weird rebellious phase and that was how i did it and that was also when i decided to dress however i wanted so i got in some of like the skater stuff but even then it was just because hey i think this looks cool not yeah. because this is my identity now yeah. speaking of this is a whole different side note and something that i need to champion for our goth friends out there okay we need to develop goth clothes for summer I was driving the other day and one of our goth folks in town, I don't think he's a a teenager anymore. I think he's a college age kid now, but I've seen him a lot. And he was walking down the street in the 93 degree heat wearing a full on black leather trench coat. And I'm like, I think that that's part of, but we got to break that stigma that, that they have to have the full on Every every inch covered in black leather, even in the summer. Let's let's get on board with let's let's let them breathe in the summer. Get them some goth tank tops, something going on. Help them out. We need to get. This is a movement that needs to be happening. The movement. They're gonna yeah, die, but they don't want the movement, Matt. <laughs> they, they gotta don't get up for your own safety, guys. We care about you. We want you to stick around. Just don't don't have heat stroke. Just to keep wearing that trench coat (laughs) anyway side note (laughs) okay as we're getting to this point where uh, like like i embraced it as a as a teenager now most kids are embracing that nerdiness already my kid goes to school wearing minecraft and pokemon stuff every single day and everyone you know is excited about it. You know, it's not, he doesn't get any feedback of like, Oh, uh, Minecraft's for nerds, Pokemon's for babies. He doesn't get that kind of stuff. And he might from a couple people, but they're always going to be the minority at this point because nerdiness is mainstream. Now having a fandom, enjoying a video game, enjoying something, superheroes, whatever MCU, all this has made all this stuff, very mainstream. And so as parents, we have to kind of have one hand on the wheel and it's going to be more and more difficult to help guide them in the things that they love versus things that are appropriate. You know, having that, those two things mesh mm-hmm. going to be more and more difficult for parents. Oh yeah. Uh, if it were up to me, Topher would never have gotten into five nights at Freddy's. Right. 
Never. Right. My son. So he's never even seen this character. He's never seen. Or I'm sorry. He's never seen the video game that this character is from or whatever. But one of the kids at our church is big into. I don't even remember the name now. Fuzzy Wuzzy or something. It's like this big blue monster, big gangly blue monster with a giant smile full of like needle uh-huh, teeth. Yeah. Whatever yeah. the guy's name is. And I think I said this on the show the other day. We went yeah. went to the mall and there was a stuffed animal stuffed animal version of it in one of those little middle kiosks. And my son said, or my youngest son, Johnny, said, Hey, that's Googly Boogly or whatever the name is. And I was like, how do you know that? Eli told me. And uh, I said, how does Eli know that? And Eli said, oh, well, um, so-and-so from church told me about it and showed me a picture of it on his Kindle. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't want you. uh, I don't want you looking at this. I don't want you playing this game. I don't want you watching any of these videos. I don't want you to have this in your life or in your brain Mm -hmm. because this is going to freak you out. It's going to freak your brother out. Just you're too young for this kind of thing. Well, the other day he was drawing it. And uh, this has been months now of me saying, you know, don't do this. And he was drawing it. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like I, I said, you can't do this not to do this. Don't do this. And Apparently, and just as KY Singer chat, it's all over the playgrounds. Apparently, this is the big thing right now mm-hmm. in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this was never supposed to be for elementary school. This was never supposed to be anywhere near them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't created for little children. And it is everywhere now that our kids are. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't protect him from it. If it's popular and if it's going to be all over the schoolyard and everything, if everybody else is doing it, that is his age, everyone else is playing the game. I can't be the parent for every other kid out there. Mm -hmm. I can't contact every parent and say, hey, you know, your kid's doing this. And if you do know, why aren't you stopping it? Yeah. Like that kind of stuff is the terrifying stuff as a parent. And so you do have to kind of have one hand on the wheel, but that's as much as you can have. You can't ever have both hands on the wheel. You can't protect your kid from everything. Right. And that's probably one of the scariest things to me about being a parent is coming to that realization. And I guess I knew this was going to happen. Like I knew this would be a part of parenting. I just didn't expect it to be when he was seven and eight, you know, that there's going to be so much. That it's up to them. Uh huh. I hate it. That's and that's exactly it. what it is. It it is up to them. It has to be their choice. Mm-hmm. It has to be, um, it has to be their walk. Yeah. You know, and I, I am not at all like world's best mom by any means. Oh, we know. But <laughs> I have figured out that constantly communicating with my kids Mm -hmm. and constantly talking to them about everything on a level that they understand Mm -hmm. is the best parenting tool that I could use explaining and being really honest and saying, listen, I don't want for you looking at this or I don't want for you watching this or saying this or doing this. And this is why, this is why I don't want you doing it. 
that's going to be something they're going to have to learn to live with the rest of their lives because even still as adults, we have friends who are doing things and making choices that we can't make those same choices as Christians. Yeah. We can't walk that same line, but it has to be our choice. We don't have our parents hovering over us saying, yeah, Matt, you probably shouldn't be doing that. You know, just because it's good for that person. Doesn't really, my mean mom it's still good hovers over you. me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really think you should be eating that? Hey, leave me alone. <laughs> and then the beauty comes. I will say this. The beauty comes when they do make a choice that you don't want for them to make. You wouldn't have wanted for them to make, but they come to you honestly and they say, okay, this is what I did. This is how long I've been doing it. This is how, you know, the extent of it. And you can look at them and say, I was very clear and I set boundaries, but you, you know, you didn't follow through with with my expectations, you made your own choice. How does that feel now? What are the consequences? What are the repercussions? And then being able to look at you in the eye and say, no, you were right. You were right. I should have listened. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's a good feeling Coming to, to be able to be like, moments. okay. Yeah. You're learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it happens. Yeah. Even when they're seven and eight, it happens yeah. when he can't sleep at night. You know, why can't you sleep? What are you dreaming about? What what's in your mind? Oh, see, I told you. How how does that make you feel? <laughs> Everything I do is because I love you and out of protection for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What uh, what gets to me are parents. And this is just complaining about other parents, yeah. but parents who don't. Don't have any hands on the wheel. Oh, yeah. Don't just let their kids run wild at whatever age. Watch whatever they want. Play whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And I think some of it is just blissful ignorance. Like, um, you know, we we have a couple friends that let their young kid, younger kids watch the MCU movies, which would be fine. uh, In your mind initially until you realize, oh, yeah, there's a lot of adult situations and a lot of adult cuss words and all this. And you're letting that go into their brain as, you know, a normal thing. And they're obviously going to want to know what that means or think it's cool to say that these things or do these things. Mm-hmm. But worse than that, because that I, again, I think is just, you know, minor, just not paying attention kind of stuff. I remember, I remember the first time, I heard of a parent letting a kid like just do whatever they want. And I was a teenager when I heard about it. This kid was watching like bloody, gory horror movies on the regular to the point where he was completely desensitized to them and they were his favorite thing. Mm. And I thought to myself as a teenager, this kid's going to be messed up (laughs) because How can you as a parent think, no, it's fine for the, for someone, the kid was like six. Like how, how do you get to the point where you don't care enough about protecting your kid's mind that you just let them go nuts? But that's even more dangerous 
because again, that was when I was a teenager. It's even more dangerous now with the online stuff, the online community. If mm-hmm. you're not protecting your kid and at least semi monitoring what they do online, you're setting them up to be taken advantage of by unscrupulous people. Mm-hmm. You're setting them up for allowing them to get into things that are online and easily accessible, like pornography or anything like that really easily. You have to have to have at least one hand on the wheel with all of these different areas, whether they be nerdy fandoms, online communities or whatnot. And you have to keep active in your child's development with these things and how much uh, of their selves they pour into them or it can still go too far. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world is only getting nerdier in many ways. That's a really good thing. But uh, just like with anything, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Oh, yeah. And you can always take things too far. So I have an article here about the top 20 nerdiest states in America. Okay. And uh, you and I live in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Where do you, it's in the top 20. Where do you think we land? Uh, I'm going to say somewhere around... Somewhere between 8 and 12. New Mexico is apparently the second nerdiest state in America. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, So, let's see. We've got the most popular nerdy decoration by state. Uh, So, every state has uh, a specific thing that they're looking for. And they they have things like blankets, kitchenware, collector's items like Funko Pops, furniture, wall art, holiday decorations, uh, New Mexico, most favorite nerdy thing, nerdy um, decoration. The Zia symbol. <laughs> no, 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 I mean like of the specific oh, things oh. that I listed. Apparently we're into collecting nerdy blankets in New Mexico, which I get. My wife, who is not necessarily a particularly big fandom nerd or anything, She's a nerd for sure, but she doesn't, you know, usually go out all out with the decorations. We went to just the like the little public walk thing at Universal Studios a couple of years ago, coming back from the cruise, and she was like adamant, "We have to buy a Captain America throw blanket." And like we had to leave with it. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't think we need one of these. She's like, no, we need one. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And we wound up buying blankets, different nerdy blankets for like every member of our family and for our kids and, you know, her parents and my parents. I'm like, I don't understand why we're doing this. These are all $40 each, but we did them. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. And we still have, we have a Batman and a Captain America blanket at our house. And I think a Minions one somewhere as well. And she loves them still and like, okay, like this is how you want to get nerdy. I guess that's fine. I'll encourage. It's kind of funny because I, yeah. We spent a legit $300 on blankets. I don't know what it is about blankets, but it's almost like it's a, like it's a collectible, but it's also useful. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, yeah, I can, I can rationalize buying this for someone when I know that they're not only going to like it, but they're going to use it. Yeah. yeah my kids all have quite the collection of nerdy blankets in some former fashion. Uh, so apparently the most purchased or maybe most searched um, 
blanket in New Mexico, nerdy blanket, is a is Star Wars blankets. So mo- most people are looking for a Star Wars themed blanket here in New Mexico. Okay. I don't know why. Uh, let's see. These are just nerdy facts. Okay. So nerdy facts. Uh, of all the nerds that were a part of this study, which there were several thousand uh, all across America, 54% own a stuffed animal or figurine or several uh, from their favorite fandom. 47% have wall decor of some kind, be it a poster or like a framed print or something like that. 42% have a mug based on their fandom. 41% have a blanket and 33% have a Christmas ornament. Uh, people have spent an average of $103 a year on fandom decor. And they're willing to spend an average of 160 uh, every year on decor, which I feel is low. I agree. <laughs> I agree. 9% make their own decorations themselves based on their fandoms. Uh, 24% consider themselves actual collectors. Uh, the top five fandoms that people are buying junk for, uh, number five is Nintendo. Number four is Harry Potter. Number three is Disney. Number two is Star Wars. And number one is... I think number one is... I have no idea. Marvel. Okay. How MCU, about- of course. It's everywhere. Uh, of course. <laughs> 72% decorate uh, decorate with fandom items because they love the show, game, or movie. 40% were gifted nerdy decorations. Um, let's see here. Oh, KY has finished our Sailor Moan. Uh, moon. <laughs> moan is the worst word to yeah, say no. there. Sailor Mo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's just some nerdy facts at the moment. But the truth is... We have seen a shift in our society, in our society since we were kids to now where nerds are kind of the more dominant thing. Even sports nerds are nerdy about more nerdy about sports than they were a few years ago. Yeah, and we've saw, we've seen that with the rise of fantasy football. Uh, number okay. one, it's, fantasy is a part of the word, but I mean, it, it requires you to get really nerdy about all the stats and right. all the, which is just the exact same thing as D and D with all the hit points and their abilities and whatnot. You're doing the same thing yeah. with, with your football team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's a, uh, the bottom line is Gen Z and millennials are now in charge or Gen X and millennials are now in charge of the world. Mm -hmm. And the idea of embracing your nerdiness has grown and it's going to continue to grow with generation Z and generation alpha Mm -hmm. um, because we have made our fandoms more a part of our personal identities. Um, Now that has brought up within the faith community. The uh, there's quite a few people within the church that for years have been saying we as adults should be putting away childish things. Mm-hmm. Have that verse talking about I put away childish things as I became an adult. Uh-huh. Okay. When I was a child, I thought like a child. Yeah. Let me actually reasoned like up, a child. Let me pull up the whole verse here. Childish. Uh, 
Yeah. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. So people have used that verse to say, put the toys away, put the video games away, put your suit on, grow up, get in the real world. Isn't it funny how people can take the word and twist it Mm -hmm. to mean something that it doesn't mean? (laughs) So, yeah, it is often used to mean focusing on fun um, is a bad thing too much. Uh, but it is in the middle of a passage that's actually about love. Mm-hmm. Uh, the context shows it's about how we react emotionally mm-hmm. uh, with love and understanding instead of like the pettiness, selfishness, and judgmental behavior that we develop as children. Yes. Um, whenever, whenever we see in the Bible a negative view of childhood, it's always accompanied with the word or usually at least accompanied with the word thinking is saying, don't be children in your thinking. Mm-hmm. Don't think like a child, speak like a child, reason like a child. Mm-hmm. It's not don't have a child like, like spirit. In fact, anytime that comes up, that's kind of what they want. Yeah. yeah. It's like you come to God as a child. It's, it's always good to see the world through the eyes of a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus said, let the little children come to me. So Um, we don't want to be tossed to and fro by the waves of uh, or or winds of every different doctrine. You know, when we're thinking, when we're talking about the serious faith stuff and how God wants us to act with other people, all that stuff. Yes. Put away the childishness. Don't be petty. Don't be judgmental. Don't be. Um wavering on your beliefs, you know, all the time and letting people convince you one way or the other in that way. Yes. Be an adult. But when it comes to having a, a spirit that is influenced by your inner child, quote unquote, that's always a positive thing. Mm -hmm. And nerdy things tend to keep us fun. Uh, They keep us connected to our kids, keeps us connected in community, helps us grow in a lot of relationships. Um, Without that aspect of fun, life becomes mechanical, mundane. Like, there is a lot more to life, hear me, a lot more to life than our nerdy fandoms. Yes, this is definitely not the most important thing and should not be the most important thing in any of our lives. But however, (laughs) that's not to say it's not an important thing. Right. Uh, Especially when it comes to developing community around you Mm -hmm. and finding your people, as we've talked about this week. Anything that keeps you connected with people and allows for um, a bridge, Mm -hmm. I believe, is a good thing. Sorry, go on. I, I was just—I was just going to say we can use any conversation starter, and that be a bridge to talk about Jesus. Absolutely, and see that's that's similar to the the role that Love Thy Nerd has wanted to play for so many years. Um, we don't go to conventions and set up a a thing where we're just shouting about Jesus or, right. or throwing Bibles at people. That's that's not what we're doing. We're going. And we're developing relationships with people, be they believers or not. Mm -hmm. They go, they develop connections, develop friendships within the industry, within the community, all of this as a way to 
not necessarily even plant seeds yet, but to till soil that might have been uh, dried up uh, through years of negative reactions from other Christians. Mm -hmm. And to, to till that soil, to make that soil soft again, to make it pliable, to make it ready for seeds to be planted. Now, should someone come to any of us in the community and have questions about Christ and have questions about faith? Absolutely. We're going to talk to them about it, but it might not ever be our role in many of these uh, people's lives to be that discussion. It might just be our role to open that up again in the future Mm -hmm. to help them realize that not all Christians are judgmental. And honestly, I really do think it's getting better on the whole too. For believers, I think more and more believers are coming to that same realization that it's not a bad thing to have a fandom. It's not a bad thing to love Dungeons and Dragons. It's not a bad thing to be into Marvel movies. You know, it's not going to, again, with anything too much of a good thing is a bad thing. But as long as you're guarding your heart and that it's not taking priority over your faith, you know, these kind of things can be beneficial, can be fun, can be ways to connect with other people who are not believers. Right. And this is tilling that soil, making that path and giving us that opportunity or someone else in the future, that opportunity to talk to somebody who once might've thought there's no way I'm ever talking to another Christian. There's no way I'm ever entertaining the idea of faith or God or anything like this again. Um, Don't want to talk about Jesus. I hear Jesus. I'm just going to turn my brain off and walk away. Right. If we can show them the love of Christ by meeting them where they are and showing them, hey, a lot of us are right there, too. Mm -hmm. I love Dungeons and Dragons. We're going to play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not going to mention Jesus right now. I'm going to mention Dungeons and Dragons. We're going to have a lot of fun playing that. And then in the future, you might have that realization of, hey, they're not all so bad. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something more to this than I thought. I have had questions in the past that I've never wanted to get answered because I didn't want to get lectured. Maybe this would be someone who's good to talk to about. Exactly. That's how most people come to Christ in one form or another. They come to Christ because they have conversations with people that they trust and that they believe love them. Mm -hmm. Not for any preconceived notion, not for any pretense. We don't go expecting you to hate now that we're friends and now that I've talked to you about D and D you're kind of obligated to listen to Jesus, Jesus talk for the next night. It's not a one for one thing. Like we'll play your game, but then you have to listen to what we have to say. It's we care about you because you're you Mm -hmm. and that's it. And if that's all that that ever comes to pass with us, so be it. But that's how most people come to Christ anyway. It's several different people that have helped them in their life one way or another, have interacted with them one way or another, informed their opinion about who Christ is based on interacting with Christ's uh, people throughout the years. And they eventually come to that point where, all right, well, I need to talk to somebody about this or make their own decision uh, by reading the Bible themselves or things of that nature. It is so, so rare for someone, oh gosh, say outside of Comic-Con every year, there are Christian groups just shouting it down, picket signs, all this is evil, all this is going to hell. I really, really want to see the numbers 
of anybody who's been like, you're right. I need the prayer of salvation right now. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I need to see the numbers. I know it's not zero, but it's got to be close. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. And the people that do react that way must have a lot more going on in their life already. Like they're already just full of guilt from this, that, or the other. And they come to the situation where people are shouting in their ears like, okay, fine. I'm taking this, taking this as a sign. This is just, it's tantamount to being chased by the police and you run into the alleyway and you can't leave anymore. It's like, okay, hands up here. Just take me. That's a tantamount to what that kind of thing is. Yeah. You want real people coming into this real relationship with Christ. It's got to start from a loving, meaningful place where you're building these kinds of relationships based on nothing more than sharing the love of Christ through those relationships with no preconceived notions, no pretenses, no requirements on the other side, but just showing them the love that Christ showed us. So embrace your freaking nerdiness is what I'm saying and allow yourself to have that fun knowing that you can use that as a way to build community, to build friendships. And ultimately, like you said, Mo, build a bridge to future discussions about faith and growth and coming to Christ. If God opens those doors for you, his face is getting red, y'all. <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to. Add and probably end by saying, yeah. you said, um, we love you. We love you in spite of, you didn't say in spite of, but we love you because of the things that you love, or we love you even though you love the things that you love. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people need to be reminded and need to know, maybe even need to hear for the first time, God loves you because of the things you love. He doesn't look at you and say, oh, you like that? Oh, well, I don't love you. He's never once looked down on us and said, that's something that is enjoyable or entertaining to you. I don't love you. Never once. Even, even the sinful things that we aren't supposed to love, that we find ourselves being pulled to, God still loves us in spite of those things. In spite of those things. That's the reason he sent his son. Because he knew that there were going to be things that we were going to be drawn to and that we were going to love. So don't think that because of the things that you love, that God doesn't love you. He loves you. And that'll end our discussion on raising nerdy kids. Do you have some stories of raising your kids in the nerdy ways? Share them with us on our socials at the Backrow LTN or by joining our discord at BackrowDiscord.com. That's going to do it for the Back Row Morning Show this week. You have heard episodes 505 through 508. We air our daily morning shows exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find the weekly podcast every Thursday afternoon by searching the Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. We'd also love a good review and maybe five stars. Do it and you're cool. Check out lovethynerd.com. It's positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we're largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially. 
Uh, yes, uh, I'm actively working to make LTN my full-time job, but in order to do that, I need people who will join my partner team. I have a handful of awesome folks already who help support me in this ministry, and I'm extremely grateful and honored for that. And if you would like to join these amazing people, you can visit lovethynerd.com slash radiomat or reach out to me directly. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Follow us on all the socials at the Back Row LTN. And if you really want to get into the show, even literally, join us at backrowdiscord.com and watch along when we record on twitch.tv slash LTN on air. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves you, nerd. The Back Row Morning Show is proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. The show is hosted and produced by Matt Coker and Megan Oaks. The show is edited by Matt Coker. Discord buds participate in the show through backrowdiscord.com. For more episodes, visit lovethynerd.com slash backrow.